This is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. This is not about freedom or personal choice, but our patience is wearing thin. They are children of the same foul spirit. People need to start taking to the streets. This is a dictator. Enemies of the state. This stuff is satanic. That, that's what's at the foundation of a lot of this stuff. I'm not, I'm not supposed to take any questions. For a new world order, now within our reach. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. afternoon wherever you may be it is april it sure is the 15th no it's not must be the 22nd man i can't tell you we already know that tom usually doesn't know what day it is so it's okay goodness gracious i am having a day ever so what kind of a What kind of trouble are we going to get into today? We have a different kind of a show prepared for you. Because it's all about you. It's not really about me. I'm here to disseminate information. I like to do it both in the Bible from biblical information that sometimes folks find confusing and hopefully we can unravel the confusion we have also uh unfortunately news that needs to be looked at and talked about and wondered about (laughs) excuse me um i had originally come across the idea of talking about you know we don't want to be negative about stuff that's going on. We don't want to be negative in our, our walk, uh, daily, but we have to be realistic. Now I have been accused of being negative. I've been accused of exemplifying darkness just recently, which I found to be, you know, I had to look the word up and, uh, it basically just means that, you know, you, you are portraying darkness. Now, the guy that said it didn't even know what it meant. I know that for a fact because he's not too bright. 
So we'll just leave it at that. I do not exemplify darkness. I am not a dark person. I will bring you the truth. Where you won't hear the truth uh, is a lot of times on regular news media, other leftist podcasts or vlogs, what they call vlogs. Now, there's some really good guys out there. We're going to listen to one later. Um, and I uh, I kind of stole it from the Hagman report. <laughs> but hopefully I won't get sued. I don't think I will. Because we're doing it in a positive spin. And, and I always encourage people, you know, go out and listen to some of these other fellows out there. Stu Peters, Hagman. Um, what's that guy's name? Oh, Fearless. Uh, Jason Whitlock. You know, people like that that uh, are going to bring you the truth. And, you know, the truth is relative to people. You have to be able to, to uh, discern as well. Now, let's talk about today what happens when we have a weak America. That's the country that I'm speaking from, the United States of America, and where I think a bulk of our listeners are. But I think that those of you that might be out there in Germany, Italy, Russia, and Japan, and some other places that I, I, uh, I'm really happy that you, uh, you caught, caught a hold of us. You know that in Australia, okay, there's a big one. They realize that a weakened America makes the entire world a more dangerous place to live in. For the longest time as a superpower, we've held up a standard. You know, when when a president would say, uh, go ahead and send the Seventh Fleet, you know, to whatever area might be heating up, those that were setting the tinder fires in that area would usually start to back down. Now, they do it in their usual way because nobody wants to be shown as weak or looked at as oh here comes the seventh fleet we better shut up but see when you don't have a navy like we do or an air force uh or the platform of an aircraft carrier really an aircraft carrier is all you need but when you send the uh destroyers the cruisers uh, u-boats and everything else i mean you 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 shake a tree and uh, all the nuts start to run so, you know, we've had that position of weakness for decades, since World War II anyway. And we don't have it anymore. We have weak leadership. Now, I want to talk about weak leadership as we stroll down this little rabbit hole that I've opened up. And I want to explain something. At the beginning, you heard the guy I talked about, Jason Whitlock. He's the one that said, it's satanic. What these people, when you break it down, I'm not afraid to say that what's going on with the homosexual atmosphere out there, what's going on with all this leftist garbage, the abortions on demand, the 
uh, watering down of the Christian church. It's satanic. You know, we have weakness at the top. And that is showing. It's showing through in droves. If you go on uh, platforms like YouTube and uh, look at what some of the um, other countries out there are doing and saying, uh, I look and I've played a lot of clips for you in the past from Sky News, which is in Australia. And the Australians understand what happens when a totalitarian, tyrannical government decides to lock everybody down and control their lives to the degree that, you know, you can't function. They understand it because it's happened to them. People die and people get killed. Shanghai, China, was it 28 million people have been locked in in their homes. They're in such despair that you can see the videos if you want to look. And I, th- I think you should of people jumping out of high, you know, high-rise apartments to their death. They'd rather be dead than starve to death in their homes because that's what's happening. It's, you know, they back in the first round of COVID lockdowns, they welded the doors shut. Nobody moved anywhere. And they died. Many people died. You, you'll see videos of the police and military breaking down doors and scooping people up. That's what's happening in China. People say, well, that's China. We don't have to worry about that. Think about it. The Canadian prime minister hailed the Chinese as uh, that's a, that's what we want to be like. Remember back, I used to call it China, duh. China, duh. Because they're leftists. They're socialists. Joe Biden is a socialist. Kamala Harris is a Marxist communist. And whether you want to believe they're leading or not, they have the title. Barack Obama, Marxist, communist. He surrounded himself with communists. You'll hear, uh, what I, have, I have a pretty long clip that I want to play later, perhaps. but I think I will. Because it is telling from Steve Quayle, and he says, very plain, he says, enmity or uh, friendship with the world is enmity with God. I've had a guy tell me the other day, you know, he says, uh, I'm going to contact a, a so-and-so. And she's a Democrat, but she's a Christian. And I'm like, how can you be a Democrat? I don't care at what level and still hold on to Christianity. When, when your party, the party that you adhere to, the party that you go along with is all in for homosexuals, all in for uh, murdering babies in the womb, and even after late-term abortions, 
That's when the child has been born and he'll let it lay there and die. There is a special place in hell for the unrepentant sinner who does that. And anybody who wants to play the game with them, you're looking into the abyss. That's dangerous territory. So I'm like, don't talk to me about, oh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm a Democrat. I voted for Biden and I voted for Barack Obama. I mean, unless you repent and say, well, you know, I really made a mistake. Oh, repent. We don't do that anymore, do we? We don't even preach repentance. Well, you know I do because I need to do it a lot. If I sound angry, I'm not. It's just passion. But I do get a little worked up. I'm a preacher at heart. I've been told, oh, you're no preacher. But that's only coming from somebody who thinks he is. I don't care anymore. I will tell the truth. Let me talk to you about a few things. And then I got a clip that'll I'll play here that I put together. It's actually quite funny. In a way, it's not. It's not all that funny, but it's got a. It, the truth is there, and uh, you know, we aren't afraid of it here. This is a little montage. This will give me a chance to take a drink of water, and uh, <laughs> cool back down a little bit. But again, we a weak America, and what make what makes what makes any nation weak is leadership and we'll talk about that on the on the south side of this one okay just hang tight with me folks and if i've offended anybody i'm not here to do that forgive me and uh we'll we'll we'll, uh reason together three two one zero zero and liftoff Chocolate, chocolate chip. Is a Taliban takeover of Afghanistan now inevitable? No, it is not. Because you have the Afghan troops have 300,000 well-equipped, as well-equipped as any army in the world, and an air force against something like 75,000 Taliban. It is not inevitable. Do I trust the Taliban? No. But I trust the capacity of the Afghan military, who is better trained, better equipped, and more, re- more competent in terms of conducting war. I stand squarely behind my decision. After 20 years, I've learned the hard way that there was never a good time to withdraw U.S. forces. They used to call me Crazy Joe, but now they can call me Batman. Russia will be held accountable if it invades, and it depends on what it does. It's one thing if it's a minor incursion, and then we end up having a fight about what to do and not do, etc. But if they actually do what they're capable of doing with the force amassed on the border, it is going to be a disaster for Russia if they further invade invade Ukraine, and that our allies and partners are ready to impose severe cost and significant harm on Russia and the Russian economy. What a maroon. (laughs) What an ignoramus. (laughs) 
She was the former governor of the state of uh, Michigan. Michigan, wrong. She was a former state. She, she was a governor. And Ambassador Linda Thomas Greenhouse, Greenfield, excuse me, who has done a little change in the arrangement of who's on the stage because of the first lady's husband uh, contracting COVID. But uh, <laughs> that's right. She's fine. Superstar Tuesday, and I want to thank you all. I tell you what, I'm rushing ahead, aren't I? 150 million people have been killed since 2007 when Bernie voted to exempt the gun manufacturers from liability. It would put 720 million back, million women back in the workforce. Nobody should be in jail for a nonviolent crime. My name's Joe Biden. I'm a Democratic candidate for the United States Senate. What's not to like about Vermont in terms of the beauty of it? And what a neat town. Play the radio. Make sure the television, the, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. We choose science over fiction. We choose truth over facts. Think about it. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the goal, you know the, you know the thing. I got a lot of, I got hairy legs that turn, that, 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 that turn uh, um, blonde in the sun. <laughs> and the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down so it was straight and then watch the hair come back up again. <laughs> They'd look at it. So I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap. And I've loved kids jumping on my lap. And Corn Pop was a bad dude. And he ran a bunch of bad boys. And I did. And back in those days, to show how things have changed, one of the things you had to use, if you used pomade in your hair, you had to wear a bathing cap. So I walked out with the chain. They used to call me Crazy Joe, but now they can call me Batman. And I walked up to my car. And they had stepped, those days you used to remember the straight race, you'd bang them on the curb, get them rusty, put them in a rain barrel, get them rusty. Are you kidding me? Is there something wrong with this guy? Can no one else see it? Nancy Pelosi, oh, Biden, he's the man for the day. This is who we need for leadership and a bunch of other ones who blow his horn like crazy. And you're like, I like what the dude at the end says, are you kidding me? You used to call me crazy Joe. Now you call me Batman. It should have been, they used to call me Batman. Now they call me crazy Joe, but you know, you get the idea. Leadership means something. Let me, let's, you know, in that little clip, I scribbled a little bit here while we was doing it. First of all, he said there were 300,000 Afghan soldiers in their army that he was fully, they were better trained than any other army in the world ready for war. 
the actual number was closer, more like to 80,000 if they were lucky. A lot of it was on paper. The Taliban, if they had 75,000 and their ruthlessness, I'm sure, as we know, was no real effort for the Afghans that disappeared. That was a really horrific piece of Americans now history. What else did he say? Oh, yeah. How do you get all these numbers? We had about 325 million or so people in this country, but 150 million of them were killed with guns or something. Okay. 150 million. That means we're, we've wiped out half of our pop. Uh, oh yeah. 720 million women are going to go back to work. Now, anybody can gaff. I've done it. We've all done it. But this is consistent. And it's consistent with mental cognitive acuity going downhill. We take science over fiction, right? Or the truth over facts. We're going to take truth over facts every time, folks. Think about that. Truth over facts. We are in serious, serious trouble. People don't want to hear it. You know, if I talk about this to the right people, I have an an open forum at, at once a week. But if I bring this stuff up, I get ripped. So I use this platform where intelligent people listen to me. They don't, and you know what? You're welcome, more than welcome, to challenge me on what I put down. Because it's not all my opinion. You heard from the horse's mouth everything he had to say and made a mess of. Let's move on. Because things are getting more and more dire. I want to tell you something. Once again, I want to remind you, because reminding people is a right thing to do. The Russia-Ukrainian fight, war, whatever you want to call it, is going to impact the food that we will eat. They do produce an awful lot of wheat. 30% 30% of which we get from them. I don't know why we ought, we ought to have enough of our own, but they they pay farmers not to do things and because, oh, well, we see a per, you know prediction of this and prediction, and, and that usually ends up bringing us to our knees. But anyway, sometimes they're right, sometimes they're wrong. We need to be planting a lot of wheat this year. I I encourage you, if you have a plot of land as well, you don't have to plant wheat because then you're going to harvest it. Uh, you know, unless you have a big, you know, you can do that. Get out there and, and plant your own stuff, though. Get the corn going, you know, peas and beans and peppers and tomatoes. I'm also going to try to get a hold of, for myself, uh, some sorghum, S-O-R-G-H-U-M, sorghum. And others, you got to watch. There's several different kinds of it if you want to join in on this. Uh, there's just grass, which that's like hay for cows to eat. Uh, what I'm looking for is the type that has the grain. 
It grows like eight feet tall and sprouts these big heads full of uh, grain. And, you know, chickens love it. Cows love it. You know, I'm shooting more towards chicken farmers. I know some chicken farmers. And uh, I'm going to try to help them out. See, helping community, uh, there's something in that. It's not sending 500 or whatever. Yeah, five is it five billion? Eight billion? Did I write it down? Do, 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 do. Yeah, Ukraine. Five billion dollars that they want to send to Ukraine. And I like what one guy said. I think maybe we should be looking into Zelensky's books. Because it's a that is that country is corrupt. And it has been for a long, long time. Now, I don't want to see any of these civilians being wiped off. It's just wrong. But that is the nature of war. And this is like a guerrilla warfare because you get a lot of people with guns that are going out to shoot at the Russians, and the Russians are not going to take the bullets flying at them without sending some back. Any army would. We were in Iraq, remember, and that was what it ended up being. We were in Vietnam, mostly a civilian, Viet Cong civilian population who were shooting and killing our young men and women. Enough, Ukraine. You could go on for days with that. You'll get nauseous just watching the news about it. There's something else, and I saw this on the news earlier today. I was It was aired last night, actually. So I went and looked it up online on newspapers. I wanted a little bit more um, detail. Food plants, those are the places that, produce food processing plants 16 in the in the last month really in the last couple of months anyway 16 fires have erupted in food processing plants uh the most recent sheer potatoes out they make potato chips in oregon taylor foods in california azure standard and Oregon, a Walmart fulfillment center in Indiana, and it goes on and on. We already have trouble. Uh, if you go to your local, I'll say at Walmart or any other place probably that sells baby formula, you'll see a sign that says you can only buy two. There's a shortage of baby formula. Our little ones could get hungry. This is not good. This is bad. What are we going to do? The idiots want to do away with cows and make us all drink soy and almond and whatever else milk. Now, I don't really drink milk myself at all. I, I drink my milk with a spoon. I like ice cream. So there's that. But uh, And that'll dry up, folks. I mean, what's going on? What's going to happen? We already have a trucking problem. I read a, an article and sent to my friend the other day. They called it, I forget how that was referenced. 
truckers bloodbath and it wasn't about killing truckers it was about truck in- industry as a whole being wiped out truckers bring you everything folks i mean come on where would you be without truckers and we're not elevating anybody above anybody we're just saying these guys are the ones that bring you you know a train can take it so far a plane can get it to the airport the truck brings it the rest of the way we are we are really in in deep kimchi we're running out of water What are you going to do with that water, folks? Now, here in Ohio, we got plenty. I mean, I have to. I can go out and drink, drink water in my backyard just laying all over the place. I mean, if it gets that bad. But listen to me. We are coming down into a serious, serious, serious problem. Food is really expensive if you can find it anymore, right? Notice it, 25% more than it was before or you know 25 cents on the buck remember remember the dollar tree is now the dollar and a quarter tree they haven't changed their name and i understand i mean what are you going to do you can't you know the only i told my wife this and she you know she she and i both were airline employees at one time she was one for a very long time and I said, the only industry in the world that can get away with giving everything away uh, under cost is the airlines. Because, you know, they'd sell a seat for 30 bucks and it cost, you know, 60 Of course, they'd bust up a few prices here and there, but they, they were always in trouble. Always, you know, ever since the 80s, they went into, when deregulation hit, they went into all kinds of problems. No other industry can get away with that. A store cannot stay open with selling things under cost. Nobody can. Only the government. I mean, they'll, they're the same way. We'll just print some more money. That'll, that'll fix the problem. Trust me. Running the presses down there at the, at the Fed do not fix the problem. They only make it worse. And that $5 billion that we just printed up to send to the Ukrainians telling you our greenback dollar is dwindling in price it's not as worth as much as it was before it's like one guy said this five dollar bill is probably worth a nickel and he's probably right we don't back our money with anything but debt and that is a ponzi scheme that will bust us in the head sooner or later. All right. We're only as strong as our leaders. That's why I played you the clip of uh, the different uh, pictures of Joe Biden, you know, eating his ice cream and, you know, yelling at Bernie with really bad statistics. You know, it goes on and on. If you're forgetting people's names, uh, not really knowing which way to go to get off of the stage, I could probably do that. But, you know, it's like 
you can look and see and hear and watch him fall down. And I mean, just the way the man walks, I'm not trying to pick on him. I'm being honest. He's weak. And that weakness is seen worldwide. The other nations see that three places where weakness has a detrimental effect. There's probably more than this, you know, as well. Oh, well, I can add another one. I will, as a matter of fact. Nations, when a, when, a, when a leadership of a nation becomes weak, and look at our nation, McConnell in his 80s, I think, Nancy Pelosi, 82, Chuck Schumer, I don't know how old he is, but he's up there, Biden, he's 78, 79, and, you know, you can go through Congress and look at some of these guys. They're, they're shriveling down. Their, their chins are getting closer to their chests. They need their aides to help them walk. You know, and we've had presidents even in the past, like, like FDR. He had polio, but it didn't make him weak. It, you know, he was weak in, in, uh, in body, but not really weak in spirit. Now, I'm not a big FDR fan, but I will, I'll say this. You know, he was a leader at a time when the nation needed some special attention. Corporations, if they have weak leadership, they don't last. You know, if, if McDonald's, you know, I'm just using for an example, I don't even eat there. But if McDonald's didn't have Ray Kroc back in the day, uh, a kind of a, a tough guy, you know, uh, uh, one of those strutting rooster types, but he came up with ideas and he'd see what other people were doing. And he says, I want this done. When they were working on the chicken McNugget, he had a master chef trained in France working on the food. And I don't know what happened to the food, it, it, but, you know, anyway. He had this guy, he went down to taste it. He said, I got something for you. He took a bite and it was ground up chicken. He said, if I wanted chicken sausage, I'd ask for it during I walked away. And they worked on it until he finally got it. But, you know, he was a tough guy. He had, he, when, when he walked into the room, you know, people were like, okay, Ray's here. And, you know, I'm sure Henry Ford and some of the other ones, they're the same way. I mean, they weren't tyrannical and oppressive, but they had a presence. Joe Biden has no presence. There's other leaders in the in the world. Putin, for one, Jing Jing Ping, Jing Zhao Jing, whatever, uh, Kim Nutjob over there in North Korea, the Iranian mullahs. These aren't people I like. But I'm just saying, they don't back down. They're not gonna. They're not gonna show weakness. Now they may shake in their boots when they come off the TV screen or when they're in their own little bedroom somewhere. But out there in the public, they are strong. I say I don't like them. But I don't like this guy either. He's weak, and he's ripping this nation apart bit by bit i have no real uh evidence to display about corporations i don't know much about corporate america but i'm sure there are some 
uh, weak ones there here and there. And you can tell when they are because whatever whatever they take over, I'll tell you, give you a good example is usually in the family-run businesses. Businesses, You'll have mom and dad that build a business up, you know, from the grassroots, you know, flipping pizzas or whatever, and they turn it over to the kids and everything seems to fall apart and a few years later they're gone. Mainly because they just didn't care. All their lives they've had things handed to them, and they had to work in the in the family business, and they decided I just don't like it, and it's gone. A legacy ends. Churches are my. Let's go first. Let's go this way, in the family. When there's weakness in the family, especially at the parent level, the whole family is going to be shaky. And it's just going to replicate, replicate weakness. You know, and today we have these, this stuff with the schools where they teach these kids all kinds of horror show stuff. It's ridiculous. And the parents just say, well, I, gotta, I can't. What am I going to do? You know, we have to work to make money and this and that and the other thing. I understand that. Sometimes we get to where we live beyond our means. And my kids are rebelling against me. No, well, that should never happen. The, the, the parent-child paradigm is the same kind of a thought process as the child of God and God paradigm. When you rebel against God, you pay a price whatever it may be. And from one person to the next, it's different because God will punish you or chastise is the word used in the Bible. If you aren't, then he says you're nothing more than bastards. You're not really, you're, you're illegitimate. Because we all rebel one way or another. We all cause that problem. Oh, but we don't talk about that. Now, we go to church. If you do that, you're exemplifying darkness. No, you're leading people into the light. You have to expose the darkness. It says in Ephesians chapter 5, expose the darkness so others don't fall into it. But you have so many people, oh, just, just look at what's on the bright side. You're dark. You're you're demonic. You're scary. But that's that's just bogus. If you don't, I'm going to tell you something. Guys with pulpits, preachers, you know, pastors, whatever you want to call them, ministers, when they step up behind that thing every Sunday, whether it be a little piece of plastic like some of them use or the full wood, of the pulpit. If they don't get up there and and lead you through the Bible in a coherent fashion, if they don't if all they do is read a few scriptures, a few verses and then go off on every rabbit trail known to man, and usually what they end up doing is talking about themselves. That person is doing nothing. That person is building himself up. He's there for his own aggrandizement. That's a big word. 
He's there to have people tell, oh, that was a good message today. I remember that story you told me. Well, that story about you or a story you stole out of a book somewhere or whatever. No, that's not what you go there for. You're not coming into the, the, the church building to hear stories. You're not coming there to just end up with, oh, I feel good. Although God wants that. But he also knows that if you don't drop the daily things that you do that are missing the mark, the sins in your life, if we can't figure out what they are or figure out what to do with them, they're going to bog you down the rest of your life. I'm not talking about are you going to hell or heaven. I don't, that's between you and God. What I'm saying is living the life here and being effective for Christ here. Some people don't even think about that. I think about that all the time. What am I doing wrong? Or what am I doing right? I pray more right than wrong. I know it sounds ranty today, doesn't it? That's okay. It's my... My minute, my moment. You know, that is a very, you know, the family and the church kind of roll together to me. The church needs strong leadership. The church needs someone. And it doesn't mean you have to have a highfalutin college degree somewhere from Loyola or, uh, Biola, not, not, I'm not knocking those places, or the Dallas Theological Seminary, or some call cemetery. You know, a guy who's listened and trained like I have, I'm, I'm just not saying anything big about me. I'm just saying I've, I've listened and I've, I've studied a lot in these last years. mostly prophecy, and I still don't understand it all. I don't understand a lot. Sometimes I can't remember where it's at because as you get older, things like that slip. Sometimes I'm a little bit more hard-headed. As I tell my buddy, I come across ham-fisted some ways, some days. You know, I come across a little strong now and then but sometimes it's just to get people thinking because that's what you're supposed to do when you've come into the presence of God and when we go to church that's what we're supposed to be doing now you come into the presence of God wherever you want to when you look up to heaven or you get on your knees and bow your head however you want to do it and say, Lord, I want to be in your presence. I want to understand. I want to be where you are. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to be automatically lifted into the heavenlies, but it means I want to walk as he walked, it says in First John chapter 1. I do it because I'm trying to shake things up. Try to get people thinking. This world, this world we live in is sick. It's disturbed. 
it's definitely lost its way. Second Peter chapter three, verse one, Peter said, this second epistle, beloved, I write now, I write unto you, which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. I did. I've talked about that before. Stir up your pure minds. He means, he means I want you to get a little rattled. I want you to get thinking. I want you to look around and see that not all is well. You know, Peter was kind of guy that didn't take, you know, he, he got in trouble all the time, but when he, when he got on the other side of Pentecost, he became this firebrand of a preacher. I mean, he just went, he went out there and he wasn't afraid to say what he had to say. He said it with love. Maybe that's where I need to work. Maybe my tact is off a little bit. He's simply trying to stir up pure minds. Pure minds. Maybe the minds weren't as pure as they needed to be, and he wanted them to to get there. You know, the definition of stir up, it's really easy. I mean, literally, Peter's just trying to wake you up. Are you a Republican? I talked about Democrats at the beginning, but Republicans aren't much better. They haven't done anything to stop the ugliness that goes on here either. The abortion, the homosexual junk. Now, we have a, a Republican Dem, uh, Republican uh, governor. I'll get it spit out sooner or down in Florida, Ron DeSantis, that's you know passed some bills lately about abortion and stopping stuff, the heartbeat bill basically is what he's saying. You know, if 15 weeks or whatever, no abortion. Uh, he's put his foot down on the teachers trying to teach children in kindergarten through third grade about homosexuality and what fun it is. Are you a boy or are you a girl? That's all he did. He didn't, he didn't, anti-gay anything he just anti-perverted a segment of society and the perverts are mad because that's all that is you want to teach kids about sex at kindergarten through third grade they shouldn't even hear the word sex when they hear it they should say six what not no See, we're demonizing an entire little segment of little people. Jesus said anybody who, I'm just paraphrasing, anybody that lays a hand on these little ones, better a millstone wrapped around his neck and thrown into the deep. Now, that can be taken two different ways, literally, because he was holding a child when he said it. And then on the other hand, those that I call my children, think about that. That's you and me, those of us that are saved. If you're sitting under some preacher who doesn't have a clue, teaching you bad stuff, telling you, oh, it's okay to do whatever you want. There's no real hell. Or you can't go there because you've been once saved, always saved. They don't even know if you're saved. 
Sometimes I wonder if they are. Opinion ended there. Stir up those pure minds. Stir people out of the stupor that they're in that says, oh, Republicans are cool too. No, they're not. He's trying to wake you up. That's the, there's an old uh, sign there, a little thing you could, I had it on my Facebook. I think it's still there. I don't know. I haven't looked at Facebook for a while, but it said, it had a little check mark boxes next to these things. It said Republican, Democrat, and the last one I had, it was checked. It said, awake. Don't be deluded. That's the idea between bad, when bad leadership comes in, and we've had a lot of it over the years here in the nation and in the church. Bad leadership leads to dilution, delusion. People just get this lulled into a, a, a oh, well, they're going to take care of me. And, you know, he went, to, he went to school, so he knows what he's talking about. Think about the words that the apostles shaking you might do your kids to get them out of bed. You know, the words, that's what he's doing. The words that Peter's using is like when you can't get that kid, you know, we were all kids once we hated to get out of bed. You had to go in there and literally shake that bed to get them out of bed or you got shook out of bed. It shook you from a stupor of sleep into awakeness so that you could go out and do what you had to do. Get doing something. That's what he's saying. I want, to, I want you to get fired up a little bit. You know, if I have to fire you up a little bit. See, I can do that here. If, you, if the, Whoever's listening, that's the idea. I, you know, if I get fired up, I want you to get fired up. And he used that. You know, Peter used it twice. You know, he actually did for, uh, he did two times in his uh, epistles, getting his readers to wake up and get moving. Second Peter one thirteen, he actually says that as long as he was in his body, he would be proclaiming Jesus as Lord, and he did. We need to get stirred up like that. Get going. You know, maybe like say, maybe sometimes I come across a little hard. I don't mean to be mean. It's just passion, passion for truth, real truth. Because weakness, you know, it comes over all of us sooner or later. You know, we start to lose memory or uh, movement, whatever. You know, it's not like I'm going to go out and run a marathon again. But if I train for it, if I worked at it, maybe I could. Get that strength back. I, there's an 89 year old guy that was running marathons, an Indian, but uh, from India. Weak, spineless leaders. They just drain us. They drain all of us. They drain us down to nothing if we allow it. Now, can you do anything about Joe Biden? No, not really, because they've got a lock on us. But then we, we're going to listen to them. When they come across with mask mandates, shot mandates, hey, what, go for it. I ain't doing it. You know, I've already been banned from uh, a ministry that I had. 
And it, it pains me, and it pains those folks that I was there with because it was in a, in, a, in a nursing home. But they just booted, you can't come. And, you know, the COVID's popping up, or at least the positive tests. So, oh, there's a big deal. Oh, everybody's afraid. We're going we gotta to hide. Supplements, folks. Supplements work better than that stupid snake juice that they're trying to shoot into everybody. We're going to get back on that again because I don't know how many of my people that listen here have listened to Stu Peters and Mike Adams. I told you, and I leave, left a links in last show I did where uh, uh, Dr. Brian Artis talked about the origins of a lot of our, and I looked this stuff up, I'm, You, a lot of the, the heart medication for blood pressure and whatnot uh, comes from snakes, poisonous snakes. I told that to my wife. She said, what? <laughs> said, yeah, we don't know what's in this stuff. But Doc said, here, take this. It'll make you feel better, but it'll also make you grow scales and a slithery tail. We need to, and I'll tell you the way things are going anyway, the supply chains and whatnot. They're going to get people on all these medications, and I'm on some at myself, I got sugar or whatever. Told my wife, watch what I eat. It'll go down. I, I just, you know, I like to eat. I'm, I'm an idiot. But uh, we, need to, we need to take care of ourselves. We got to learn how to do that. We gotta, we're going to have to fend for ourselves. And, you know, something else, you know, the churches used to do, and they still, a lot of the good ones still do it, is they have a food pantry. Now, that doesn't mean that every week they give away food. These days, I think there should be a huge room full of canned foods or whatever, freeze-drieds, whatever you can get that the mice won't eat or whatever, that don't go bad in a week. And we've already stocking it up because there's a time coming. You want to feed people's bellies and spirits. You know, there's a lot of people out there that are hungry for the spirit and don't know it. There's a lot of people out there hungry for food, and they do, they do know it. And it's only going to get worse. You know, we, we keep saying, well, we'll be out of here before that happens. Well, we aren't out yet. Last I checked, we're still all here. I can see I'm not going to get to that clip that I told you I was going to do, but I am going to do it probably in the next show because I had uh, I had put together a, a, it's a long one. Though. It's about 10 or 12 minutes long of uh, Steve Quayle from the Hagman Report. And it's relevant no matter when we hear it, because uh, it just it, it he carries a lot of weight. And I, when he got done, I was like, "Wow, that is!" I went back and listened to it again. I was like, "Well, you know, I don't think they'll mind if I you know chop a little bit of that out and throw it out here for my smaller audience." But uh, they they usually do have rather interesting conversations, whether you want to believe it all or not. That's okay. You know, you, you, you discern that. Uh, but I'll tell you this, you know, the weakest of us have the ability to pull down strongholds. I want to read a real quick from Isaiah chapter 14, just a couple of verses. And Isaiah is talking first about I think it was the king of Babylon. 
And then he rolls it over into talking directly about Satan. He says in verse number 16 of chapter 14, Isaiah, they that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble, that did shake kingdoms, that made the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof, that opened not the house of the, of the prisoners? But thou art cast out of thy uh, grave like an abominable branch, and as the as the uh, raiment of those that are slain, thrust through with a sword and go down to the stones of the pit, as a carcass trodden underfoot. They will narrowly look at. They're talking, talking right, right, right straight to Satan. They will narrowly look at thee. They're going to say, what are you doing down there? You that caused the entire world to come into this mess that it's in right now. What a mess it is, is it not? Horrible mess. Look around you. You'll see it. Don't believe anybody that tells you there's no devil, no hell. No this, no that. If it's in the Bible, it's there. Read Ephesians 6 again. Talk about the full armor of God or the whole armor of God and how that armor gives us the ability to withstand the things that we are going to face as we go through these days that are right now upon us. They have been for quite some time, and most people just don't want to realize it. I know I got a little bit wound up today to the point where I didn't get through everything I wanted to. But I really wanted to hone in on that thing about weakness, because it is killing us. We need to shore up our defenses and sharpen up our sword which is the sword of the Lord the spirit of truth Jesus and the book that I have sitting before me have a great day till the next time this is Tom Rich of the Removing Confusion Podcast see you later